Hello and welcome to Research Roundup, brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Christy Milley, and each month, Sophie Schema and I will be looking at what's new in the world of cancer in primary care research. So today we're happy to welcome Professor John Emery and Emily Habgood to this month's episode of Research Roundup. Professor Emery is the Herman Professor of Primary Care Cancer Research and Director of PC4. And Emily was the Victorian Study Coordinator for the CHESS trial, which we will be discussing today. Welcome, John and Emily. Thank you. Thank you. So starting with uh, you, John, could you give us a little bit of background about the CHESS trial itself? But also, since it came from a, a Scottish trial originally, how did you adapt it or did you adapt it for an Australian context? So to begin with, the sort of background to why we uh, developed the CHESS trial, we know that patients with lung cancer have often had symptoms for quite some time before they actually go to uh, see a doctor about those symptoms. And so the Scottish group at the University of Aberdeen, led by uh, Peter Murchie and Neil Campbell and and a group of psychologists, uh, developed this uh, behavioural intervention uh, based on a number of psychological theories to raise awareness about symptoms, to make those symptoms more personally relevant and to try and reduce the stigma around seeking help and then to try and reduce normalisation of symptoms so that people would actually monitor their symptoms and actually seek help sooner if they develop them in a population of people who are at high risk of lung cancer. In terms of the adaptation, so we started off with this uh, self-help manual that had been developed locally in Aberdeen, and we then presented it to a group of consumers who were the sorts of patients who we'd be recruiting in Australia. So these are people who had mostly chronic lung disease already and we presented those manual in a focus group and there was quite a few modifications we needed to make mainly around the language there's lots of funny Scottish words (laughs) (laughs) about gluck and uh, various other things that didn't make sense to anyone in Australia and so there's quite a lot of modification to the language and quite a lot of different branding to sort of Australianize it. Great. John, you recently talked to Norman Swan on ABC Radio about the CHESS trial, and you talked about the influence of stigma on preventing patients from visiting their doctor. How does this stigma affect patients and their relationship with their GPs? So stigma is a really important issue for patients with lung cancer and for smokers in general. So that we know that patients, once they've been diagnosed with lung cancer, are often stigmatised and blamed for their condition. And similarly, patients who we were approaching into this study, so chronic smokers who often have chronic respiratory symptoms, also experience the same stigma and blame associated around their respiratory symptoms. And so part of the intervention was deliberately designed to reduce that stigma. We deliberately didn't talk about their smoking in the chest intervention. And and was a way of trying to say, look, we're not going to blame you for your symptoms, that we want to know about new symptoms that you develop, and we're not going to go lecturing you when you present about those symptoms. And Emily, we're very lucky to have you in the podcast today. We don't often get a study coordinator to come in. And given that the CHESS trial was a really big trial that was you know, run over 
two states, Victoria and Western Australia. I just thought it would be nice to ask you kind of, how did you actually tackle this kind of multi-state recruitment? And do you have any tips for, you know, other people that are looking to run, you know, these larger scale trials in Australia? Yeah, of course. So we actually had two trial coordinators for the study. I was responsible for the Melbourne recruitment and all the different sites there. And then my colleague, Sonia, was responsible for recruitment in Perth. And so Sonia actually started recruitment in WA before me. So I was lucky enough to be able to go over there and observe her recruit some of the patients and see her deliver the intervention. And so I was able to then ensure that we were conducting the study exactly the same at both sites, which was really useful. And we also learnt really early on how important maintaining good communication was to make sure that we ran everything effectively. And we shared a database so we could see what each other was doing and we had regular phone calls and meetings to stay on top of our recruitment. And this clearly must have worked because we were able to actually recruit everyone six months ahead of our target, so our our schedule, which was really good. That's great. So the communication is key and if you do that, hopefully you'll recruit everyone early. So what was the biggest change you saw in patients through this intervention? And I guess after running this trial, how would you modify the intervention to increase its effectiveness? So the primary outcome of the trial was consultation rates for respiratory symptoms. So we were trying to increase uh, the number of times that when patients develop new respiratory symptoms or a change in those symptoms that they would consult. We showed a 40% relative increase in the rate of respiratory consultations as a result of the chest intervention. And that was specific. We didn't see a broader impact on consulting behaviour in general. So we didn't just make them worry more and just kept them bothering their doctor about all sorts of things. It was a very specific effect. So that was the positive. We were also hoping to see a reduction in the time it took from when they noticed a change in their symptoms to the time they consulted. We found a non-significant difference of 14 days. So they, on average, presented 14 days earlier for their first consultation, which probably is not clinically important enough. There are different ways of interpreting this, of course. We know that patients often have had multiple visits to their GP before they then get referred on for a diagnosis of lung cancer. So simply by increasing the number of visits and therefore the opportunity for a GP to consider the diagnosis of cancer is probably an important part of of an early detection intervention. But there may be more that we would need to do to try and prompt earlier presentation uh, than we saw. On average, patients were still waiting a couple of months to, even in the intervention group, to go and see their doctor. Mm-hmm. So there's more to be done about how you, whether you provide more frequent reminders to monitor their symptoms or try and reinforce the importance of seeking help earlier as part of this intervention. I think you've just covered part of my next question, John, so that's all right. I did want to ask, you know, what research probably still needs to be done, but that covers it a little bit. Do you think given these results then is CHEST ready to be implemented? Do you think that's the next step? This is something that could easily be implemented by practice nurses. It was always designed as an intervention that could be delivered in a relatively short consultation by practice nurses in the context of a broader consultation around respiratory health. We've shown that You can identify these patients relatively easily through searching the electronic 
medical record in general practice. And so just to remind people that that was 55 years and older patients who had at least 20 years of smoking and had they were still smoking or had quit uh, less than 15 years ago. So you can identify the patients readily, easily. You could bring them in for spirometry as part of that lung check, and we think that was possibly an important part of the intervention. It's also a way of case finding for COPD, which, is, which uh, again, is part of sort of international recommendations that there is value in case finding. So it fits in the context of the broader assessment of respiratory health. And then you could reinforce, again, the benefits of early detection and symptom monitoring. In the future, you might also start to be considering eligibility of patients like this who might ultimately be offered CT as part of a lung screening okay. program, yeah. but that's some way off within Australia at least. But internationally, CT screening is gradually being implemented in a number of countries for, as, a, as an alternative strategy for earlier detection of lung cancer. In Australia, I think it could be implemented pretty much as is, within the context of that sort of broader assessment of respiratory health. Okay. And finishing up, where can we both find you next or where are you promoting your research next, I suppose? So anyone who's interested in the CHESS trial, it's available as an open access paper in Thorax. And I'll be presenting more detailed findings as well at the PC4 Symposium in April in Melbourne. Wonderful. Good plug, John. Thank you. <laughs> and Emily, where will you be? Yes, I'm also hoping to be presenting at the PC4 Symposium of my PhD results. What are you studying in your PhD? Early diagnosis of melanoma. Oh. Wonderful. I'm sure there's lots of people that want to hear about that too. Thank you both for your time today, John and Emily. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Do let us know what you think about this episode by emailing info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at PC4TG. Don't forget to visit PC4's website, pc4tg.com.au.